Jesus returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Notice that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. He didn't wander out there by himself. But after his baptism by John, he was led into a time of test. At the river, he had just been ordained, so to speak. His ministry hadn't yet begun, and it seems that there was still something more to equip him to be God's Messiah. There also needs to be a time of testing, a time for those things that would distract someone from their mission, those things that would subvert someone's dependence on God, those things that would entice one to do the right thing in the wrong way. There must be a time when temptations are confronted, their source is recognized, and their power is denied. And so it seems that this testing was somehow necessary. It sounds as though the devil had a ball. At his baptism, Jesus heard the validating voice from heaven, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. But now there's a charming, smooth voice urging him to be suspicious of God and suggesting that there might be a speedier way to accomplish his mission than God's way. Try this. Try that. All you have to do is to worship me. You deserve better than what God can give you. In his baptism, Jesus receives his identity, and in the wilderness, he discovers what that identity means. Before he could be a true Messiah, he had to discover what sort of a Messiah he would not be. The question that falls on Jesus is not whether he's the Christ, but what kind of Christ is he going to be? What does Messiahship mean? And how would it be expressed in the world? Is he one who acts within the way of the kingdom of this world? Or one who operates in every instance according to the way of God's kingdom? If you really are the son of God, says the devil twice, if this really is your identity, then command these stones to become loaves of bread. Practice magic. And Jesus proves who he is, not by seizing power, but by turning it down. The son of God will not practice magic, nor ask for special protection, nor seek political power. He will remain not God's rival, but God's child. So in this first Sunday of Lent, if this is a profound story about Jesus' identity, then it's got to be a story about our identity as well. If we too receive our identity as Christians in baptism, Remember when we are anointed on the forehead with oil and marked as Christ's own forever? Then we too have to face the question of what that means 
I think Lent can offer us that opportunity. Who am I? As a Christian, who am I really? What kind of a Christian do we want to be? What about our addictions? What do we really hunger for? What makes us feel lonely? How do we really deal with life's temptations? What is really important? And Jesus says, essentially, go deeper. What are the crucial issues of how we're going to live as God's beloved? Because it's not by bread alone. Let go of the need to be right, the need for control or power, when our own interest dominates our actions. Awaken to the voices that are saying, bow down to the systems of this world. And then as Jesus warns, do the truth, and then let go of the consequences. According to this gospel story, it seems like the wilderness is a necessary, inescapable part of our journey. When we need to take time to come face to face with our faith and come clean about who we are, Because without these moments, how do we know who we really are? Historically, for Israel, the wilderness was a great and terrible wasteland with poisonous snakes and scorpions. And yet, it was during their 40-year sojourn in the desert that Israel came to understand its call as God's people. And I think the world, the way it is now, can be experienced as a form of wilderness. Society voices values to which we should ascribe and can offer a simplistic brand of moralism reduced to a list of how to be nice. But healing and wholeness can't be forced upon us from without. It's grown from within. In a world torn apart by war and famine and disease, materialism, we are tempted to listen to everything and everyone but ourselves. May God help us to listen to the truths and the values at the heart of our own Christian identity. Jesus went into the wilderness, was confronted by the things that would have kept him from God, And he said no, set his boundaries. And surely he left the wilderness knowing that it is humanly possible to be loyal to God. This story underlines for us the seriousness of being in the world, which often resembles a wilderness. There are real forces out there with which our minds and hearts, our human words and actions must mingle. And the only way to go, as Jesus did, is armed with God's Holy Spirit. Lent's a time when we can take opportunity to acknowledge those things inside us which divert us from our union with God. And we can confront the voices then encourage us to seek our own self-interest, to ignore those around us, and to clutter up the spaces of our souls with meaningless and worthless junk 
So there is no room left inside for God. A couple of weeks ago, after the 10 o'clock service, I took the opportunity to gather in a group who had attended the live webcast of the Trinity Institute the day before. During that meeting, we were treated to a video of the sermon given by our new presiding bishop, Michael Curry. In it, he referred to the civil rights demonstration in Birmingham, Alabama, and he quoted Martin Luther King's words, As you prepare to march, meditate on the life and teachings of Jesus. It occurred to me that this might be a good suggestion for Lent. As you know, Lent has traditionally been considered a penitential time in our faith journey. As a child, year after year, I denied myself the absolute joy of Oreo cookies for six weeks, but I never really knew why. Into adulthood, I got crabby, abandoning my addiction to potato chips to no avail. Of course, if giving up sweets or alcohol or watching TV clears the way for a deeper relationship with God that will hopefully last longer than six weeks, hooray! But many of us who have gone, many who have gone before us testify that the wilderness contrary to its reputation, can actually be a place teeming with life and adventure. So why not try the inner journey, even though it may seem more difficult? Jesus' life and teachings reveal a commitment to love and to justice, and we cannot ignore his constant call to follow me. Follow me, and I will make you far more than you can ever become on your own. Follow me, and I will show you a life of dignity, integrity, gratitude, humility, and your energy and vitality. Follow me, and I will show you that love is the only law, the only way. It won't be easy, but follow me. And together we can build a world where the human family can stop fighting each other and live in love and justice and peace. The choice is ours. In our Christian faith, the leader whom we have chosen to follow received his identity in baptism, the meaning of that identity in the wilderness, And in a contemporary rendering of his story, it can serve as our story as well. In our own baptism, we received our marching orders. And our presiding bishop now reminds us that as you prepare to march, meditate on the life and teachings of Jesus. In Lent 2016, in the midst of a worldwide wilderness full of temptations, in our nation alone, full of voices vying for our attention, and many different kinds of leadership being offered, we have choices. To what drum will we march? 
The Ash Wednesday liturgy, liturgy in our prayer book invites us to the observation of a holy land. May we trust the Holy Spirit to give us the strength and the courage to meet this wilderness challenge and to take seriously and be guided by the life and teachings of Jesus. Amen.